Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the spiciest MTG hot takes. As always, I am one of your most intrepid hosts, William, and with me as always is my other most intrepid host, Frederick. Hello, I'm Frederick, uh, aka War Crimes Uwu on Twitch, and welcome to Gutshot, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that arrives six months late to curled to play. <laughs> curled, curled. Uh, you, you know, um, they say that one of the reasons that uh, that the causes curling is um, uh, moisture, like in the air, you know, where these cards are being stored. And, and let me tell you, I have um, four beverages in front of me right now. So I am very uh, hydrated, very uh, uh, humidified over here. I want to know how it is where you're at. Are How, how humidified are you? Um, pretty humidified. I took a shower recently. Um, so I'm, my hair is still wet, uh, but uh, what something my girlfriend did, she tied a thing of lavender around the head of the shower, which I didn't know you could do, and that makes the whole thing smell like lavender, and now I smell like lavender, uh, and it's pretty great. I wish I wish you could sniff me right now, audience. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get to the point where we can um, have like a scratch and sniff podcast. I, I think uh, if Steve Jobs hadn't met the end that he did, maybe we'd have that by now. Yeah, maybe we can um, we can meet uh, meet some fans at a convention and let them sniff us. <laughs> yeah, that that would be great. Uh, maybe uh, you know get Discord going, have like a you know you you have the text channels, the voice channels, but then you can have the scent channels uh, where you can sniff your intrepid co-host. Yeah, I I want to live in that world. That was just me repeating your joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um. Listen, listen to this. All right. You're, when you talked about your girlfriend uh, tying the lavender uh, in the bathroom, this reminded me um, a couple of years ago, I moved into a new apartment and it was in one of these really old downtown buildings. Uh, you know, no central air or anything like that. Really old. And my girlfriend insisted on coming in with me, you know, like the first time I entered uh, the apartment after signing the lease, she came in with me with um, like essential sage oil and then like a bundle of sage. And she burnt the end of the sage and like spread the smoke around the room. And then took the essential oil and like sprayed it in the corners of the room because she was really worried about there being ghosts in the apartment. And <laughs> my apartment smelled like sage for like three months afterwards. I enjoy the smell of sage. And um, I'm just going to put that in the moon landing was fake territory in the like stuff that's pretty much like definitely not true or doesn't work or isn't real, but like you're not harming anyone by believing it. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that goes in that territory with me. It's not like there's, there's no, there's no bridge from essential oils into QAnon. So mm. I'm not going to like fault someone for believing essential oils are real and they smell good. That's where the effects of the men for me, but they, they do smell good. Sage smells good. I like Sage, but I mean, Hey, you, a, a ghost never haunted you. So who looks stupid now? That's true. I, I was never haunted, but I didn't think I was going to be haunted. Now, hey, it was important to my girlfriend, so it's important to me. That That's how that works. I love my girlfriend. I, I'm actually not too big on things like smelling good. Like, you know, obviously, I want things to be clean, but I'm not You're one to like... I'm not one to put air fresheners or like burn candles or anything like that. So the, the sage smell kind of was getting to me after a while <laughs> i was like wishing it would go away and that my apartment would just return to smelling like just like clean nothing you know um yeah 
the only the only kind of scent that I'm super into is the scent of pack fresh magic cards. Am I right? Uh, yes, very good. Pack fresh magic cards and gasoline, my two favorites. Gasoline? Yeah, I like it. It smells good. Is there a story behind this? Or no, I just, just really like the smell of gasoline. When we go into a, a gas station, I just like the smell, the scent of the gasoline. I don't like snort it, but I like <laughs> yeah. gasoline smell. Anyway, this is a magic podcast. <laughs> oh well you know scent is the most uh it's it's the sense that's most tied to memory right you know you smell gasoline at the gas station it takes you all the way back to the first time you were huffing gasoline at the gas station magic cards are the exact same way uh and, and we kind of went to you know talk about uh, you know, we, we win this episode to be um, you know, upbeat and happy, given everything that's happening in the world and everything that's happening in magic uh, right yeah. now. Um, we wanted to just look back and think about what got us into the game, what we love about this game, and why we are still playing all these years later. Um, you know, so I'm ready to to hop uh, hop into the uh, nostalgia train and uh, and uh, look way back. Yeah, yeah, me too. To back back during a time when my life was no, my life is great now, but there's just a feeling of youth that you never really get back. You never realize which of those really fun nights in your childhood is going to be the last one. Right. And uh, yeah, some of those nights were spent playing Magic. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we talked about this a little bit before we started the podcast, but uh, yeah, this is this is going to to delve slightly into sappy territory. So be forewarned. We're, we're going to get a little bit sappy, but Hey, you know, like um, I am 31 uh, and you know, I've been playing magic for like 17 years now. You know, uh, you cannot deny that this is a huge part of my life. And even if I were to stop playing magic today, you know, like, like this was the lion wizards. I'm never playing. I'm selling all of my cards. It would still always be a big part of my life because of those seven years. So, you know, yeah. you, you can't fault us for feeling as strongly about this game as we do. Yeah, and I am uh, I am 21. I've been playing Magic for about seven years. No, about 10 years, probably. So I would have been in middle school. So like nine or 10 years. Uh, Mirrodin, Scars of Mirrodin. Uh, Scars of Mirrodin. I've been playing since Scars of Mirrodin. And I also have a lot of sappy memories of this game. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, you know, I keep coming back to it no matter how much it frustrates me or the owner of the LGS I go to turns out to be a neo-Nazi. Um, yeah. I always come back to it. So I'm really glad that it's been there for me and that I've been able to, to an extent, be there for it. The community, the cards, everything, it's its really important to me. So, sappiness warning, we're going to be sappy in this podcast. Um, what is the first topic that we sort of have to discuss in terms of magic memories? Yeah, this is um, a great time to tell, actually, the story of how I first met you, um, because, you know, it's, it's related to magic. You know, we have this magic podcast, we played so much magic together, we actually met at uh, a, a tournament and uh, you you mentioned that you're you're 21 i'm 31 you know we're there were 10 years apart uh so we met about oh geez um five years ago something like that uh, i was a sophomore in high school and i'm now a senior in college so six years ago yeah, yeah it's like 2015 it's like 2015 or so. And I, you know, had been playing magic for a long time. I had kind of just ended kind of a break with magic, um, you know, cause you never truly quit. Right. Yeah. And I had played modern before and I, you know, took a break for a myriad of reasons and decided that I wanted to start playing modern or modern on a weekly basis again. So I Sundays were my day. 
I would get on the bus and and ride it all the way out to the outskirts of town to the, you know, uh, most competitive focused LGS that we had in town and, uh, you know, be there all day and play in a $5 modern tournament. And I, this was one of the very first times that I actually did this on a Sunday. You know, I had my infect deck. I was sitting down, didn't really know anybody, you know, just kind of going through my list, and all, it's, it's, you know, all that stuff. And I remember hearing some kid that was sitting behind me say, does anybody mind if I play proxies this tournament? <laughs> And, and I like that kind of piqued my interest because I was like, no, you can't use proxies. But um, I, I think we ended up letting letting you do that. And I, <laughs> I, I think you were like proxying like um, like beasts within <laughs> or something like that. So like that's my first memory of, uh, <laughs> of, of meeting Frederick. And uh, uh, we, we, we hit it off and played lots of modern after that. So um, the tournament before um was actually when i remember meeting you and we just had a brief game i was playing tron but like i it was i literally just like i realized that the tron lands were good and i wanted to put all the good big red and green spells i could in the deck i didn't know they were called tron lands i had inherited them from my uncle and um no he didn't die he just gave me his magic cards and i had put fires of yavamaya in there as a way to give my creatures haste and i had put stang uh, in there, the classic uh, leg- from from the Legends set, um, because I could make him cheaper. I could. He got you got another Stang when he came in. You can't beat that. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Hey, that's uh, that's a, that's what we call a two for one. Yeah, for real. It's value. I understood value. If only there were another creature that made more creatures that you could play in Tron. Um, but yeah, that was what I was playing. Not realizing that those cards were uh, not legal and modern and all of my opponents either didn't know or just didn't want to ruin a kid's day. And then like, uh, uh, the next week or a week after that, I had played against my biology teacher who was playing mono green devotion. And so I proxied most of that deck and I made it my goal to eventually finish it with real cards. And lo and behold, it's 2020. A lot of changes have been made to the list. Blood braid off got unbanned. So it got splashed in there. Yep. Field of the Dead came out. There's been some changes to the list, but it's 2020, and I'm still playing Mono Green Devotion, and uh, we're still playing Infect. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, old habits die hard. But I remember, I remember that tournament. I remember getting the vibe that you were really annoyed with me, which is understandable because I do not shut the fuck up during a game. If my opponent wants to be friendly with me, then I get I made a new friend, and if they don't, then I distracted them, and I'm more likely to win. So I do not stop talking. Sometimes about stuff that has to do with the game, sometimes about stuff that has nothing to do with the game. Um, and I got the vibe that I annoyed the shit out of you, and that's fine, whatever. I think a, like a week or two later, I mentioned that I liked Weezer, and we started talking about Weezer. Yes, I do. I do remember that, and I have no recollection of like being annoyed by playing with you. So if I seem that way, I apologize officially. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just just by uh, you know hanging out and doing those tournaments every week, and uh, you know uh, talking about things like uh, uh, Weezer, and uh, you know just playing pickup games of Magic, uh, we became uh, best MTG buds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, I think I bought your GameCube off of you. Oh, for like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, it was a great steal. You were done with Metal Gear Solid, which was apparently the one game you wanted to play on GameCube. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make my Pikmin and Pikmin 2 speedruns official. So I needed an actual GameCube. So 
I, I know that you just recently bought a capture card. Um, I know nothing about these. Um, is it? I know you bought it so you could stream Switch games. Mm-hmm. Can you use the capture card to stream original GameCube games from the GameCube? No, because it's HDMI. Okay. Um, and I can just stream those from uh, from on Dolphin. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I bought your GameCube off of you. We went for a walk around my neighborhood, and then we would meet up uh, at the library in my neighborhood and just play my cube every once in a while while I was in high school. Yeah, that was that was uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, but we were we were both playing Magic before we met each other, and uh, not not so much like the story of how we started. But um, I wanted to talk about what was it about Magic that made you kind of you know, stick with it for as long as you have. What what initially about magic like caught you and sunk your your claws in and didn't let you go? And and I'll go ahead and start first. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that really like got me super like enamored with this game was the mystery and discovery of what all magic had to offer. You know, I was just, you know, I was uh, like I think like a freshman, sophomore in high school uh, when I first started playing magic. And uh, so this would have been right, just right before original Mirrodin. And mm-hmm. by that time in Magic, uh, which seems like ancient history now, yeah. but um, there, like Magic had already had a storied history before that. So when I would go into the card shop where I would play Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, let, let's be honest, I would see these Magic cards and I would be so like, oh, that's so old. You know, where did that, you know, what set was that? How long has this game been around? There's all these cards and they all seem so, you know, powerful and and flavorful. Um, Like, how much is there to this game? And and something that I've always liked with Magic is just like, there's always something new to learn about the game. Like it's history or cards Mm. that were printed or the stories about the development um, stories about the pro tour and competitive play. Um, You know, like I would hear about all these old decks that use these like, um, you know, super powerful cards like Psychotog. I'd be like Psychotog. What the the hell is that? You know? So like that, that huge like library of information was a real draw for me because I just wanted to jump in and learn everything that I could about this game. Yeah, I, I remember feeling similarly to that. I played Pokemon for a while at LGSs before I started playing Magic, and even like while I was playing Magic. And honestly, I think I enjoy the 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 Pokemon TCG as much as I enjoy Magic, but there's just never as much of a community for it. Yeah. Unless you're at a big LGS, like if we still lived in City Redacted, or if I still lived in City Redacted uh, and could go to LGS Redacted, I would be playing a lot of Pokemon, I think. I mean, part of what's kept me in Magic is the community, it is the friends that I've made. You know, the real Magic was the friends we made along the way. Um, and I think a lot of people get pulled back into Magic by their friends. I know, like, I've met most of my best friends and my partner um, through Magic, so... It's been my chief form of social interaction. But as a game, I think just the fact that it can change so much but still be the same over all these years, like they can add so many different mechanics and make so many different permutations on cards. And I can still recognize right down to like, this is the naturalize in this set, you know, but it uses this new mechanic. And now I've learned this new mechanic that's in this set. And I feel comfortable using the set, even if I take a hiatus. Uh, when I come back, I'll I'll recognize cards. Basically, you know, the game teaches itself to me over again. 
And I think another big part of it for me is teaching new players, like letting them borrow decks, showing them how to draft a good limited deck, um, teaching them to make their deck only 60 cards instead of bigger and why you should have four copies of the really good cards. Like just little teaching moments of new players is something that I really, really enjoy about Magic. And I I would say those are the things that keep me coming back. Um, And like Magic is so many different games too with each different format. So like it has the built-in... method of preventing it from getting old which is just like if i get bored of modern i can play some standard if i get bored of that i can play some legacy you know i can i can get heavier into draft i can uh put my cube back together there's just a lot of different ways to play it i can laugh at commander players Um, (laughs) there's a lot of different things that i can do within this same game that prevent it from getting stale well here's the thing you don't have to be playing commander to be able to laugh at commander players that's the beauty of it yeah that's free yeah right you can just do that (laughs) <laughs> I, I love all of those points uh and, and yeah i i've definitely heard this before um and i i feel the same way magic is not one game it's many many different games all under the same umbrella that use the same language and like yeah. have uh you know interlocking communities uh yeah you know um there are you know the standard players there are the commander pods that you see in the corner of the room all the time uh you know there are the you know the modern grinders you know um the people who are always there to just like trade cards you know even though nobody's traded a card in magic since uh 2014 right Uh, yeah yeah um yeah it it changes all the time you know with the uh, the nature of uh the way cards uh rotate that's a that's a great point that magic is always changing evolving new formats are being added like uh pioneer that was just uh added all of the arena online stuff um has been added um which is kind of detrimental to community but it also forms its own different kind of uh, community uh, one more geared towards the future uh but yeah like things very rarely stay the same in magic and that's definitely a good thing yeah i would agree i think that's one of the biggest things although tons of people want magic to stay the same like there are there's definitely a huge contingent of the magic that community that, that all they want to do is just play uh tron mirrors against each other over and over again for 20 years in a row uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what magic's for them too i feel like i'm almost that and like i don't know I, i'm like sad about I, i'm sad about modern changing as much as it has um i want my deck to be good forever and i don't want to play against warza or um the new busted red green mid-range like i don't know well hey you know that that's the thing you know magic changes all the time it'll change again something new will happen in the future and uh you know we'll just have to live with that change as well yeah Uh, i also really like what you said about subculture magic is it's both very accessible uh to new players in the sense that you know getting getting a hold of at least like a stack of 60 cards is pretty easy you could just go to into an lgs like on draft night and you could just get like a bunch of commons or a free you know a free welcome deck and like you can play magic that day um yeah and the rules of magic can be a little esoteric but in a way they are you know more intuitive than some games uh like i i feel that like if i sat down with somebody who was just at zero for magic and teaching them that they would you know be able to pick it up in a game or two you know at least the the broad strokes of how it goes but once you go like 
deep in the magic, it is very much its own subculture. Um, I, I love those things where people will um, talk about magic in places that aren't magic centric. And it mm -hmm. literally is like they're speaking another language. Yeah. Our, our the way we talk about the game and all that stuff we've made up so many words and stuff and card names mean different things you know if we bob. talk about talk about talk about bob talk about gray ogre um you know a bear um you know that kind of stuff a fling um an op so it, it is once you're into it like it really is like a community that is of itself. Like, you know, if you're around magic players, you're home, you know, cause they speak the same language as you. They, they know the cards, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to say that magic is kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but not really, uh, you don't have to do that. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it, the community really does make the game. And I've, I've always felt that way. Um, and that's part of what's kept me in the game as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I think that's a big part of it. Now, magic and our memories of magic are sort of built on big moments. Um, and from what I understand, we've we've compiled some of our favorite moments that we have played in magic to sort of share with each other and our audience. Well, why don't you start us off? Okay, so <laughs> this, okay, all right, so my stories are not really going to like blowing by his brains, but they feel pretty good to me. I remember uh, one time, this was one of those, is a little bit after I met you, but it was still that um, Sunday modern yeah, tournament. $5 modern, 2 p.m. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, show up, get some Taco Bell before. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was before the um, that one restaurant. Yeah. Oh, that was before they moved, and that the other restaurant was over there. So it was just Taco Bell, and uh, well, I guess it was really, really was just Taco Bell. Yeah, I had to settle for fucking Moe's now. Yeah, Moe's. Oh, the the Burger King was over there. I remember getting Burger King a lot. Yeah, that, their veggie burgers were a little too expensive. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was playing modern, uh, a modern effect as I as I was doing, and. Mm -hmm. I was playing against a guy playing blue white control and that was a deck you could play back then. It was not like super tier one, but like it was a real deck. Uh, and <laughs> you know, we traded back and forth, you know, I played some guys, he removed them, you know, path to exile and all that. And I remember on turn five, he taps out for Gideon Jura and, <laughs> and like that would have just been a death nail for, for that game that I was playing. But, me being the intrepid co-host of a magic podcast that I am now was smart enough to have a spell pierce in my hand. And let me tell you that I have never cast a spell pierce that felt as good as that one time that I <laughs> spell pierce Gideon Jura. The one time that I got the Gideon Jura with a spell pierce. You know, I still think about that sometimes. Sometimes I'm just walking and like feeling good. And I just think about you know, good times in my life. And I think about spell piercing that Gideon Jura and I'm like, mm, man, that was good. Yeah. It feels nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how about you? I know that you're a huge mono green devotion deck. Do you have any good stories about that deck? I have some excellent stories about that deck. So the first one I'll get into, there was this terrible guy that went to our LGS, just super cheater. He would steal people's shit all the time. During Kanza Tarkir standard, he bought damaged foil Mantis Riders so he could shuffle to them while he was fetching. Just real, real shitbird. And he stole a couple, or tried to steal a couple cards from my cube. Um, and I stopped him. I asked if I could look through his bag before he left. And it was my, like, my uh, my uh, Misty Rainforest, my Breeding Pool were in there. And he tried to say they got swept up when he was moving his stuff into the bag. And I, I called over someone from the LGS. Anyway, it was a whole fiasco, but they couldn't ban him because they couldn't prove that he had tried to steal him. 
there was a PPTQ at this um, this LGS, and uh, we were both playing in it. And I didn't expect to do super good. The thing is, I couldn't go to the GP. Like, I couldn't get transportation to the or not the GP that yeah that I would have gotten the buy for. But there was a box of original Modern Masters um, split between first and second. Ooh, right. Yeah. Nice. And so I paid in anyway because this was my first event that I had thirty dollars to get into, and there were huge prizes, and I was just really really excited. I went to. Um, I, I got to. I ended up getting to the top table. The first round of top eight, I I won because I won the first game because there was an error in my opponent's deck list, and they had just put island and planes instead of snow covered island and snow covered planes, and they were playing scrying sheets. But I got to the last round of that tournament, and it turned out to be against this guy. And I told him how. Okay, so on, with this person, I, I actually don't know the story you're about to say, but on the Gabe scale, one to ten, where where are they? I don't know. To me, Gabe knows a lot about Gabe doesn't know a lot about magic, which is why they're so shitty about it. This guy knew a lot about magic, but he was real, real terrible to be around. Okay, pretty much definitely a Gabe, like an eight, I would say, if ten is complete Gabe. So this guy, um, I, I, I I straight up told him I knew just looking for the buys. He he fancied himself a grinder, and I told him, hey. Uh, I will give you the buys if you give me the whole box. And so he said, no, I'm not doing that. I'll give you place packs, like more than half of the box, and I'll take less than half of the box and the buys. And I said, no, like I, I already really didn't like this guy. I knew he was playing Jund, which was a great matchup for Mono Green Devotion. Yeah. And he was just like, no, I'm not doing that. We're going to play for it. And I was like, oh, okay, we're getting cocky. You're going to win. So I played against him. <laughs> I asked him every turn how many cards were in his hand because I knew he was the kind of guy who would draw extra cards all the time. He got really, really frustrated with me for it, called a judge over to try to get me to stop. Uh, and I told him, no, uh, I, I don't have to stop. I, I, I get to ask you how many cards are in your hand every time you do something. Um, and I ended up getting a primal command off on turn two in two of the games. Nice, nice. Now that's your now I, I don't I don't know if that's your favorite card, but that's pretty up there for you, right? Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah, Primal Command is literally my favorite card. Rest in peace, Wayne England. <laughs> yep. And it's great, great. Um, so yeah, I ended up winning those games and uh I, I took the W. Um he asked me then if he could give me like four of his packs for the buys, and I said no. No. I would honestly rather you just not get the buys and me not get anything extra. I took my first place packs and I didn't go to that tournament. <laughs> that is that is awesome. It felt really nice. Yeah, yeah. That's um close to something I, I wanted to talk about. I'm susceptible to like really bad mood swings when I play, you know, if I'm having like a real bad losing streak, like I, I, I'll admit it, you know, like it can get really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it can really get to me, not in like a angry way, but in a like, uh, you know, low self-esteem kind of way, like, oh, I'm worthless. I, I don't deserve to be here and all that stuff. And, and part of why I push through all that is because the highs are just so good. Like it, it must be what heroin feels like, you know, to like, be able to pull off what you did right there. You must have felt like you were the top of the world, right? Oh yeah, it was the greatest high of all time. I am super vindictive toward people who I believe have done me wrong. Mm-hmm. I am intolerable uh, all the time, and so that was great. Like it felt like I was delivering karmic justice. Um, of course, I scrubbed out of like several other PPTQs at that shop, but it didn't matter because that one I won. That was my first place. And you did it with your uh, with your favorite card. Yeah, I did it with my favorite card, with my favorite deck. Yeah, I've I played Ponza. That was the other thing I wanted, and that just didn't feel the same. I mean, it was fun, but it was I don't know. It wasn't my deck. Uh, remind us again. When are you getting your primal command tattoo? 
Oh, God. Uh, if my girlfriend will let me, whenever. <laughs> Babe, if you're listening to this, give me permission for a Primal Command tattoo. <laughs> We're going to start a GoFundMe. <laughs> get get <laughs> Frederick his Primal Command tattoo. It's not an issue of money. It's an issue of my girlfriend wanting to look at me and take me seriously. Uh, so I have another story and this isn't, this is actually an example of like, um, you know, like how good the magic community can be. My very first official uh, tournament that I went to that wasn't just like unsanctioned, you know, sh- a store shop owner is uh, running on the back of a you know napkin somewhere um, was the fifth dawn pre-release. Uh, now this is go way back. This is like spring of 2005. Yeah. Oh, spring of 2004 or five. When did mm-hmm. that? Somebody fact check me on that. But um, very, very first thing I really, uh, you know, I ever went to, um, I got, I got my DCI number, the only one I've ever had. Uh, and I guess not that you can, you can't use DCI numbers anymore. RIP. But um, the, the, the only number I ever had, I got at that tournament and Towards the end of the tournament, you know, like uh, I, I played sealed. My deck was terrible. I was losing, you know, all over the place. You know, didn't know what I was doing. It was the very first time I ever played limited uh, was doing that sealed deck. Uh-huh. But uh, I remember being there, um, you know, standing by a garbage can for some reason. Just, I, I guess, just soaking in the vibe, taking a break, you know, just looking around. I remember this older guy. He kind of um, reminds me of like, if you're at an LGS and there are like some like older people there, uh, you know, who are like, you, you could tell they're like the old school, like Star Trek nerds, uh, you yeah. know, or, or like the old, like Warhammer players. They just have that different vibe than us, you know, younger card players. Yeah. Uh, he, he had that vibe to him. And I remember him coming up to us and maybe we just had the, the stench of new player uh, on, on me and the other person <laughs> I was with, but he came up and he handed us like, a sleeved um, sealed deck um, is what I think it was. And he just handed us these cards and was like, here, you know, I, you can have these. And, and we were like, whoa, this guy's just giving us magic cards. This is insane. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were like, oh, you know, are you, are you sure? You know, we'd love to have these. He's like, oh yeah, I'm done with those. You know, um, you know, you, you can have them. And, you know, he walked off and I mean, I'm sure there was nothing valuable in there, but it was so long ago and I knew so little about the game. I didn't really know what I was being given, but that show of just like unprompted generosity of like, Hey, here's my, you know, here's some cards and, uh, and sleeves too, you know? So, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why there were sleeves, but I guess he didn't want to take the time to unsleeve them, mm-hmm. but that just really left an impression on me. And yeah. really, really formed my informed my perception of what the magic community was and it goes back to that you know if you you know a newer player goes like friday night magic and people are drafting you know people often just give away uh the commons and uncommons that they don't want to to someone who wants it because you know that would be the same type of thing that happened to me that really made me think oh wow you know this community you know they're just you know they're willing to just you know give cards to, to newer players to get them started and that's always stuck with me yeah, absolutely. Those kinds of moments in like the card game community, like there's just some stuff that's like so valuable to one person and just easy to give away to another person, and like it's just I don't know. It, it helps continue the sort of cycle. Yeah, for sure. Of, um, of getting new people into our community, and I really appreciate that. You just can't have that with a lot of like video game communities and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't uh, really do any um, 
uh, limited events uh, these days in quite a while. Um, but, you know, I do try to look out for those opportunities where I could uh, also uh, pay it forward, so to speak. So, you know, hey, you know, mag- Magic Community, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess I've got another little moment, but you you were here for this moment. Against me? <laughs> no, I told that story like one or two episodes ago. <laughs> oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, the crumble it does. Yep. I'll I'll tell another another butch story since um you were there for the one I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah. My younger brother Butch, God bless him. Uh he's like eight years younger than me. Um there was one two at a giant pre-release that I did with him, and he was not he'd never done a two at a giant before. We were already losing and I was a little bit tilted, but I knew he was really excited to be there. So I was trying to put on a happy face for him and just, you know, finish out the tournament, enjoying it. And like, yeah, buddy, I'm really, really proud of you. I'm really glad that, you know, you made this play because I am. I'm proud of him and I'm happy to be playing with him. But we had one game where I leaned. This is the eighth of Revolt pre-release. I leaned over to him and I showed him one of my cards and I was like, well, we should probably leave this mana open for this counter spell because bluffing it was probably realistically the only way we were going to be able to win that game. And Bush just looks at me really puzzled and goes, that's not a counter spell. <laughs> and our opponents just both like are trying not to laugh. And I, it just helped me remember, like, you know, magic is about having fun. You know, it's about little moments like this that just kind of make you giggle. And, and that, that was just a really nice moment for me. I really, I really enjoy that. And it reminds me of what it's like to play with my little brother. He's, he's one of my favorite people. And, you know, he's, he's a lot older now. And he knows not to do that. And to had a giant... But he's still pretty funny. Yeah, Butch is so cool. Uh, <laughs> what, what, does, what does giant growth do? You gotta tell that. You gotta tell that story now. Uh, okay, I think we've told this story, um, but um, I um, have what is called a cubelet, which is a collection of 100 cards, no lands, and the idea is that you shuffle it up and deal it between two or more people. And uh, you can play any card face down as a um, basically, you know, that taps for any color and you just play the cards as is. And we were doing a three way game between you, me and your brother. And when I built it, um, it, it's a high power level thing. It's got stuff like a hypnotic specter, snapcaster Girl. mage, um, a blood braid elf. Yeah. A blood braid elf, that kind of stuff. Um, but so I, I, chose to make all the cards readable for anyone who was a bit newer to magic. Mm-hmm. The only uh, exception to this was I had a um, full art textless giant growth <laughs> that I put in there thinking everyone knows what giant yeah, growth everybody does. Everybody knows what giant growth does. It's not cryptic command. Only one person in the world doesn't know what giant growth does. And that's Butch. <laughs> Butch, if you're listening, we love you and are very happy. You're part of our, our magic uh, lore. Hey, Butch, if you're listening to this giant growth gives target creature plus three, plus three until end of the turn. <laughs> And it's an instant. Here, here's another um, story, and it kind of goes to like the wonder of like being like brand new to magic, and uh, like I said, the discovery of uh, learning about uh, you know magic's history and magic's future. Like I mentioned, I started a little bit before original uh, Mirrodin. And uh, I remember going to a store in town uh, mm-hmm. with my mom. We went for something. Mom bought me like six packs of uh, original Mirrodin. Um, and and all, I, all I knew about it was that it was the new magic set. I didn't know anything about it being like artifact themed or anything that was in the set. 
as we were driving home, I was sitting in the front seat and I was um, opening up the packs and looking through them. And of course, these were all new cards to me. So every card was like super cool. I'm opening up like a, a gold mirror and being like, wow. And then <laughs> opening up um, Leonin Scimitar. And I'm like, wow. And then I'm opening up like um, something else that's in there, but like junky. I'd be like, wow. And I'm sure I opened up something that was like really good and just like, oh, I don't know what that is. I opened up, I'm sure I opened up like um, Artifact Lands and just been like, oh, I, I don't know what that is. You know, never mind. But, you know, the real heavy hitters I, I was uh, super excited about. And my mom actually gave me kind of a hard time about that for a while um, because apparently I would, every time I'd see something cool, I would be like, wow. And, oh. So anytime I would like have my cards out or I'd be like, you know, like looking at magic or like talking about magic, my mom would make fun of me. She would be like, wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, so anyway, my mom bullied me and that's why I am the way, that's why I'm the way that I am. (laughs) Nice. Does your mom listen to the podcast? No. I think my dad does. Nice. I'm not sure. I know my girlfriend does and I think Butch does. Um, Anyway. Listening to your loved one's podcast, I'm, I'm going to say it's based. It's poggers. <laughs> but like, I, I think that, you know, like, I wish that I could feel that way again, you know, that I could, yeah, yeah I wasn't so jaded and I could open up a pack of like um, a Zendikar. I, I could pick up a, a, a pack of just see every single card and be like, wow, you know, kicker, you know. Um, <laughs> That's why you got to play a new card game every while. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. Um, but I guess that's just um, shows how good Wizards is, or at least used to be, uh, good at um, world building and creating yeah. these really flavorful planes. Um, and I really hope that Wizards continues. I, I do think that that's one thing, like um, that they've always been really good at, and I hope that they continue to be good at is their original world building. And uh, I was just so enamored by it when I first started. Yeah, because they do a really good job of meshing flavor with function. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, I will follow in your footsteps of of pack opening um, adventures, uh, turning into stories, and I will I will add in my own. When I was a kid, I got my uncle's collection, but then I would also like I would save up my allowance, which was like my parents would do this thing where they divided it up between like this much goes in my fund for college, this much goes to a charity of my choice and then this much actually goes to me and I would get like $3 a week to spend on what I wanted. And this is before I ever went to a local game store or played in a tournament, but I would, um, I picked up, uh, I, I would pick up a pack every two weeks with my yeah. allowance or out every two weeks with my allowance. Um, and, uh, Zendikar was one of the, I don't know if it was the newest set, but it was one of the sets that was still at target at the time. Um, and my mom swung me by target and I picked up a pack and I remember being really pissed cause my rare was a land. Oh, okay. Um, and I was just kind of like, I was trying to hold in my disappointment because I knew my mom would be kind of mad if she took me all the way to Target. And I was mad about what I pulled from my pack. So I remember trying to be excited about the seven mana, seven, six worm or whatever at the uncommon slot. Yeah. Um, and that card ended up going into a Slater, um, which I dug out when I was trying to finish Mono Green Devotion, the first competitive deck I ever built. And I ended up trading it in then to get like my playset of Garuks, my playset of Primal Commands, and like one of the Primeval Titans, like a lot of stuff. I'm sorry, I think you, I think you cut out there for a bit. Where did the card go? Into just into a box. Okay, like okay. one of just one of my boxes of cards because I figured it was no, no better than like 
one of the just tapped dual lands. I, I remember reading it thinking, well, it, it lets you pay a life to get an island or a forest. I could just <laughs> play an island or a forest and I wouldn't have to pay any life. Why would anyone yep. ever use this? Yep, that's, I'm sure I, I did think. I cringe to think about cards that I opened up when I was younger that I really should have hung on to and didn't for whatever reason. Like if I could go back and like, um, and like see like the trades or like the selling that I did back when I was younger, I wouldn't feel like, oh yeah, I can save myself. I would just die of cringe. Yeah, I got rid of uh, my uncle's playset of Force of Wills, which he didn't realize were expensive when he gave his collection to me. Um, and I feel really stupid for that now because I basically could be playing Legacy. I got rid of his Blood Moons, which I stand by because they were $40 at the time. And I still think Blood Moon is a bad card and I'll argue with anyone about that. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's a hot take for another episode, which we, we can do an overrated, underrated cards episode. But um, yeah, like I, I remember those moments. But I did thankfully hang on to the Misty just because I didn't get rid of any of my cards back then. And I was able to end up trading it in for most of the uh, first competitive deck that I ever played, Mono Green Devotion. So there's a happy end to that story. The spirit of that Misty Rainforest is still like uh, infused in your um, current Mono, in your mono Green decks or, or not Mono yeah. Green. It has read it now but it's still there the spirit is still there 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 is a misty rainforest in there. oh nice um because i bought one later as an adult um to remember how, how excited i was to pull the card it's a little damaged but it was cheap and i i needed more than a play set of fetches for that deck because you have to grab a stomping ground sometimes right 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 i i have one more story real quick um this yeah, was this was at a side event at a, a GP a couple of years ago. I think this may have been like early 2016, um, but mm-hmm. I was still on the Infect train. Infect was actually really good. This was right before uh, Gitaxian Probe got banned. So this was like the last hurrah for like Infect when it was like top of the world yeah. modern. Push. Yeah, and, and and you know, um, back in those days, and still a little bit now, there was always like a um, discussion about like fair modern decks and then unfair you know quote linear decks and you know fair and unfair magic Mm -hmm. this deck was unfair like in fact especially at that time was not a fair deck yeah right yeah um and i sat down with this guy who was clearly you know older like you know knew knew he was doing you know like uh maybe considered himself a grinder but Mm -hmm. uh, you know we we sat down exchanged uh, pleasantries you know we're shuffling up he said he said to me all right you ready for some fair magic and i just like immediately quick bet absolutely not (laughs) he ended up playing ad nauseum did you end up winning I did. I did win because that's actually a, at that time it was a um, a favored matchup for me. Um, but uh, he was not playing fair magic, and neither was I. <laughs> All right. So you know the uh, magic in the past has been really good to us. You know, lots of good memories. You know, uh, occasional bad ones. But you know, we're we're still here years and years later to play this game. So you know, like I don't plan on quitting magic. I know you don't either. What? Uh, what are you most looking forward to um, that, you know, is keeping you playing magic? Um, I foresee modern shaping up eventually. It ebbs and flows, good format, bad format. Um, and I think it'll be good. It'll be fun again soon. Whatever bannings or unbannings they need to do to fix that um, to target the sort of unfair decks that are dominating right now. I'm excited for paper magic to start up again. Um, Finding a new LGS, so finding a good LGS there will be cool because um, one turns out the owner's not so great. But being able to to sort of find new community, 
I'm excited for I'm excited. I'm really excited for Caldheim. That's you know near future. That's going to be the is that going to be the next set? Uh, yeah, yeah I think it is. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really excited for Caldheim spoilers to come out soon. Yeah, but um, that's still, that's still January. We have a couple of months until then. Yeah, but I'm uh yeah I, I'm for the future of Magic. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to make new friends through Magic. Honestly. I'm right there with you on the the community. Um, you know that that's one of the things that you know really got me. You know, playing Magic all those years was like uh, you know showing up to the card shop. You know, week after week, and like knowing these people and them knowing me and trading with them and playing games and like knowing about them. Um, you know, these days, you know, with um, not you know um, tournaments not happening, we're not getting that um, the proliferation of online Magic, which is you know good in its own way, and I'm definitely invested into Arena. But you know it's just not the same, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm also looking forward to uh, getting back in there, seeing people face to face, and uh, you know rebuilding this this uh, incredible community. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that'll be that's a good way to put it. I'm optimistic for the future of this game. One one thing that I'm really looking forward to are new worlds. Um, like I mentioned before, Wizards has always been really good at creating new worlds. Um, and going back to ones that you know I remember fondly from my you know youth uh, playing Magic. Now they've made some missteps, and there might be some missteps in the future. Um, <clears throat> uh, Harry Potter set, <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing what new planes Wizards will come up with and how those cards will be flavorfully shown, uh, you know, through the cards and mechanics of, of uh, you know, new cards. Um, I'm really looking for, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to like, I know, I know it's kind of a joke now, but you know, um, the very first uh, Zendikar set was really important to me. That was kind of um, you know me coming back into Magic uh, and uh, really getting invested into the competitive side. So you know I love it when we go back to these plans, go back to Zendikar because it feels that much more real to me. I cannot wait for us to go back to Mirrodin. Um, you know not just because I'm sure it'll be a great set and that you know I'm a big Infect fan, um, but you know it'll just take me right back to to that, those days when I was opening up those packs in the car and going like, wow the leonin scimitar wow mm-hmm. uh, you know so i'm i'm really looking forward to to that yeah I, I i think i agree too you know going back to some if we ever go back to tark here i think that will instill that instill that sort of feeling of wonder in me you're gonna explode when we go back to tark here oh yeah absolutely all over the place i'm so going back to tark here be great yeah absolutely um and i'm just really excited for you know people to lay off of mark rosewater we finally have a balanced standard again yeah that's that's true uh we have to treasure mark rose water uh, and uh um yeah yeah i just magic it's, it's it's a good game yeah um we do have to treasure mark rose water on that note let me uh let me move my mic it's time for another drive work sorry if that uh hurt <laughs> ears. hey mark um <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the inane questions that people ask Mark on Blogatog that aren't just complaining about, uh, you know, recent controversy. Yeah. Well, why do you hate everyone? Why are you literally Hitler for allowing a good card to get printed in a standard set? Do you think Pol Pot would have printed Hornet Sting? <laughs> Probably. I don't know Pol Pot's ideology. This is why people shouldn't be, you know, like asking uh, Mark uh, uh, questions directly. Like, yeah, no. 
but yeah, yeah, magic. I, I've actually always been the type of person to say things like, there are a lot of good games out there, but I really do like it's arguable, but I really do think that magic is just like the greatest game ever. Like for everything that it's done for me and given me, um, you know, I just, I can't see myself being this devoted to anything else. And, and to me, magic is the greatest game, you know? So um, I, I understand that's arguable, but that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I think it is. It's definitely the game I owe the most to in my life. I think I'll definitely put it that way. I don't know if I would have to, if I'd be able to say that it's my favorite game, but it's it's definitely the game I owe the most to. My current romantic relationship, and ideally my future romantic relationship, all of my best friends, just uh, years years of like like getting me fixed socially. Like I'm not gonna get into my problems with like social interaction from my childhood, but magic was the catalyst that really really solved those for me. For you, it's a bit of a triforce between Magic, Pikmin, and uh, Fire Emblem, right? In terms of actually meeting people and being social, though, it's definitely Magic. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, so Magic, you know, hope it sticks around forever and ever. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, all the sappiness we wanted to get out for, for this podcast. Uh, you know, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Gutshot, the absolute sappiest MTG hot takes. Uh, as always, I'm Will at Aggressive Rhetoric on Twitter. And I am Fred at War Crime Zoo on Twitch. No one listened to this episode because it was sentimental instead of vitriolic. So that's all that we have for this week. Um, oh, God, I can almost hear the music in the background. Uh, join us next week where we go back to being very mad about basically nothing. <laughs>